Being a Better Man, episode 164. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I remember something unique about most of my childhood birthdays, mostly because my mother went out of her way to make each one special. That's just what kind of mom she was. However, I remember my ninth birthday for another reason. Something I did that it took me a long time to forgive myself for. It was 1971. I was nine years old and very obsessed with anything that had to do with Native American culture. I spent most of my free time out in the woods pretending I was a lone indigenous man living off the land. So it made sense that for my birthday, I got a bow and arrow set. My parents were obviously tuned in to what my interests were. I'll never forget this bow. It was fiberglass, green and white, all mixed together. It looked exactly like it had been made from a common bar of soap at the time called Irish Spring. The arrows were also fiberglass with metal target tips on them. After the festivities of cake and ice cream, I couldn't wait to string my bow for the first time and head out into the wilderness to kill my dinner. At least that's what I was thinking. At my mother's insistence, my father gave me the required safety class, and then I headed out into the woods, my younger brother following along. I took aim at several things, pretending they were something else. A fallen log became a bear. A clump of thick grass was a rabbit. The part of a tree where the branch had broken off became a squirrel. And so the day went. I was glad my brother was with me because we spent a lot of time looking for lost arrows. It turns out I had not yet developed the skill of accuracy. We wandered into the pasture from the wood line, and there... About 30 meters, or 90 feet away, was a big fat robin just sitting on the ground, probably waiting for a worm to resurface. I froze in my tracks, signaling to my brother to do the same. This was actual quarry, an actual creature. Judging from my recent attempts at hitting what I was aiming at, I didn't actually believe the robin was in any danger. I really just wanted to see how close I could get. I knocked an arrow and drew back the string. I held my breath as I aimed. My brother was holding his breath, too. I released the arrow, and time seemed to slow down as my eyes were tracking the arrow's flight through the air. To my initial delight, but then to my shock and horror, the arrow hit its intended mark. It struck the robin in the side of the face, right at the point where its upper and lower beak came together. It did not kill the bird. It had pinned it to the ground where it was now flapping in fright and pain. We were stunned for a moment, unbelieving the shot. 
Then I ran up to the bird to inspect the evil I had wrought. Holding the bird tightly under its wings in my left hand, two fingers next to the shaft, I pulled the arrow out of the bird's head with my right hand. What I saw then made my stomach sick with grief. I saw the lower beak utterly destroyed, hanging limply, pointing toward the ground. I couldn't believe what I had done. I began to realize this meant that the bird would not be able to eat or drink. It meant he would die a slow, horrible, painful death at my hand. I felt entirely evil in that moment. My brother was horrified along with me at the callous, heartless consequences of my actions. With tears in my eyes, I was trying to think of what could be done for this animal. I decided I would take it to my parents, and maybe they could take it to an animal doctor, and if they could not repair the beak, they might at least be able to feed it somehow, or at the very least, provide it with a quick, painless death. I started to feel secure in this plan. It seemed like a good plan, the best one I could come up with. I began to feel less like an evil person. And as I did so, my grip on the bird lessened ever so slightly. The bird felt my grip release a bit and took the opportunity to explode out of my hand. I watched in anguish as the bird flew away to the top of our big maple tree. My heart sank, and once again I was reduced to an evil human. Now the bird's fate was sealed. There was nothing I could do. I could not retrieve it from the tree. It was doomed to die a horrible death of pain, thirst, and starvation. If it had a nest of babies somewhere, they would die too. Because of me, entire generations of robins would never exist now. All because I took aim at something I did not really intend to hurt. I said all the appropriate prayers that you might expect a nine-year-old to make. I sought absolution from this terrible deed, but nothing I did or said would relieve me of my guilt. It was only after several days, when I knew he must be dead, that I began to feel a little better because I knew the suffering was over at least. And that is the end of this tragic story. The lesson here was an obvious one. Don't shoot at things I don't want to kill. Later in life, that lesson would take on additional forms and additional meaning. Like, don't wish for things I don't want. Don't say things I don't mean. And do not ask questions I really don't want to know the answer to. Gradually, I learned to live more precisely. Understanding that everything I do or don't do has a consequence. The consequences must always be considered before the actions are taken. Now head out into the world and make an effort to live precisely. Consider the consequences of your actions before you do things, not after. Don't shoot at things you don't want to kill. And be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad, signing out.